So another episode of Connecting Dots. We are with Mr. Puneet Bajar, who has more than 22 years of experience in currently serving as a general manager of Hydrogen Agency Ahmedabad. Let's deep dive into his journey of being FNB uh, manager work to general manager of this property. Hi, Puneet. Hi, how are you? Great, fantastic. So let's start with the journey. How you started the hospitality as an industry? You came into this industry and became a general manager on together. So we had all yeah. started. It's a long one, you know. <laughs> yeah, we are one. <laughs> yeah, so we started. Uh, I passed out my hotel uh, management uh, from IHM in Hyderabad, mm -hmm. and uh, got selected into Taj Hotels as a part of the campus interview, and uh, grew in Taj and finished my management training program. Uh, was uh, picked up by Hyatt oh. in the year two thousand and two. And um, since then, uh, have been traveling across with the brand, uh, doing various different uh, job descriptions, um, fixing things, correcting, you know, substances, opening hotels, running hotels. That's the journey. So you've been to different part of the countries. Really? Oh yeah. So I started uh, with down south in Kerala with the Taj hotels. And uh, then my first job with the Hyatt was at the Hyatt Regency in Delhi. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful 40-year-old hotel. Yeah. Uh, still one of the most popular hotels of the city. Phenomenal uh, memories there. You know? And uh, did my FNB career growth primarily there. Yeah. Uh, from a banquet manager to director of food and beverage. Uh, then went to Doha uh, to open the Grand Hyatt Hotel there. Uh, did uh, five years based out of Doha, but in between got multiple assignments uh, back and forth, uh, uh, assisting various openings like Grand Hyatt in Macau, okay. or um, at that time we were opening a hotel in Lebanon, the Grand Hyatt in Beirut. And uh, then there were certain uh, uh, takeovers that the brand did. So traveled to Europe for certain workshops. People that the world already. Yes, um, then uh, got an opportunity with the Hyatt to be a part of a program called Foundation for Future. Uh, went to Chicago, uh, got some uh, wisdom uh, to be a general manager managing various facets of business and uh, yeah, became uh, the hotel manager back in Doha and then came to Chandigarh opening of the Hyatt Regency in Chandigarh. Then went to Dubai okay. again, yeah, and uh, was there for around uh, three and a half, four years, uh, managing a group of hotels, uh, seven hotels there, uh, one, two pre-openings, uh, part of that tenure. Uh, then came here, uh, Ahmedabad, uh, had some family, uh, you know, concerns to come back to the country and, and be Balancing my professional life. Back to the nest. Yeah, yeah, correct, right. Yeah. Back to the nest, correct. So, uh, what made you to choose hospitality on the very first place when you start thinking about so journey? Your mid time pay was doctor engineer. Yeah, yeah. Why? Correct. Why I say? So, uh, actually, I have a very different story. Okay. Uh, my masaji, uh, who used to at that time work for the Madhya Pradesh Tourism. Uh, and uh, he has been a big influence in my life to take that decision. And uh, uh, I, I used to travel on my summer holidays and uh, 
stay in various uh, leisure destinations like Khajuraho and all in MB tourism. Uh, yeah. Kind of MB tourism, but many others. I was fond of traveling. Uh, my father uh, was a engineer and and uh, he used to travel for business uh, various places and I used to travel with him uh, and uh, so travel was something which is a part of a family culture oh. uh, either because of job or because of fun you know oh. uh, summer vacations were always travel uh, we have a very large family of around between mother, father, cousins, all of that combined together around 150, 180 people. Is that you call family? Yeah, <laughs> the Indian large family. Yeah. Oh. So uh, always there was a destination to go and, and and large events. You know, was a part of our family culture. Yeah, जहाँ जाते हो तो शादी In a way, in a way, माहौल है correct. So uh, that's the that has been my life uh, from my childhood to adulthood. Yeah. And uh, so seeing all that, I was very fascinated. But at the same time, I was made aware of the back of the house, what goes on wow. in this industry. At very early age. At an early age because of the exposure I got. And uh, so I knew that it was not easy. Mm. You know, uh, uh, Initially, when I was uh, getting into the course, uh, my masi told my mother that, you know, uh, his wife is going to be yeah. You know, trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, the yeah. moment you decide hospitality. Yeah, hospitality right? yeah. So, uh, but God was kind. Uh, something was written. I met my wife in Hyatt itself. So, yeah. And, and she's a hotelier, uh, ex-FNB. So, yeah. yeah. So understand she understood uh, how the life in hospitality goes. We worked together uh, for a very long time. Uh, but then when I became responsible for the hotel, of course... Uh, it was not possible to work in the same unit. Yeah, correct. And uh, and then she pursued her career with the uh, the the Emir of Qatar. Uh, they have hotels and hospitality. She was responsible for a large conglomerate of hotels owned by them. And uh, but still, we we respected and supported each other's jobs. And uh, yeah, so it has been phenomenal. She's still working now. No, no. Now she's uh, looking after my daughter. She said enough. You know, uh, oh, can't be into hospitality because it doesn't take a lot of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, we had certain. Fa- she was working until I, we were in Dubai, and then finally, when, uh, when we came to India, we had certain family commitments to f- fulfill. So that's when she said, "Okay, I'll take a break." I think at least your life was easy. I've I've done a podcast with a lot of people, and the the common answer that comes in the shine and glamour have attracted me to hospitality. Number one, number two. When I came into, I realized what shit that I'm into. And this is going to impact my personal life as well because a lot of time you don't get time, even if especially when you are in FNB. Yeah. So rat me late night, yeah. early morning, and everything. Yeah. For you being lucky and on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how was the experience of yours when you came into Taj? What I'm talking about India as a subcontinent. We are here working in India and then going abroad. What is different and what has actually changed uh, in terms of agile personality in your own self when you were working here and versus outside of India. So the markets are completely different. There is no comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you work in India versus when you work in Europe versus when you work in Middle East and US, mm-hmm. there is absolutely no comparison on the working conditions perspective. Mm-hmm. However, the essence of hospitality of customer uh, is the same. That doesn't change anywhere. When you talk about the front of the house, in terms of uh, pre-arrival to arrival to 
you know, welcome and then the guest room and then F&B and then social spaces. And when you look at uh, certain uh, academics of it and marketing and so the essence of the overall hospitality, because we are in business of hospitality, Correct. that doesn't change. That remains the same across the world. Uh, sometimes uh, in India, you might find people a bit more subservient. Yes. Uh, while uh, you, we might find that in Europe, they are a bit more efficient. Yeah. Um, in US, it is a combination of two in a way. So uh, Asia is uh, far more hospitality oriented. Yeah. The cost of labor actually uh, defines the work culture. Uh, in, in, in different continents and nations where you work in hospitality. Like when we were in uh, for a small workshop in Australia, uh, the prime job of, of, of a manager is all about managing people efficiently in terms of their work hours because the workforce is so expensive and, and, and they are from diverse portfolios of people who are working into hospitality doing various different educations or side jobs in addition to hospitality. Similarly, in Europe, we find the same. We were a part of a conversion of a brand A to a brand B. And uh, when we were doing that, bringing them into our brand, uh, from a French culture perspective, uh, the way uh, we wanted to bring in that chain, the, it took a bit more time uh, than, than it would have taken in any other part of the world. While uh, when you talk about uh, Middle East, it's a, it's a, it's a very dynamic, fast-paced, um, uh, very, uh, how do I say it, uh, competitive culture because uh, the competition starts right from uh, being the best. So every owner who builds a hotel in the Middle East, uh, I mean, if you compare a no-star hotel to a five-star hotel. It's a country, it's, it's a, a world country capital. Correct, correct. So it's a completely different uh, ball game. Uh, of of hospitality and the way it is thought of, the way the product is, the way the ingredients are, the way it's the best that you kind of work with. Uh, the best of the world comes in there and and kind of uh, boils down in the Middle East, whether it is Qatar or whether it is Saudi or whether it is UAE or whether it is Oman, they have Bahrain. The gate for everyone to come. Exactly, they have become the capital exactly. of the world now. So when you work uh, uh, in, in, in many countries, you work almost with majority of that nationality. Mm. While when you're working in the Middle East, you're working with a minimum of 80 to 100 different nationalities working yeah. in the hotel. Yeah. Correct. So the culture is very varied. Uh, you celebrate 100 national days Correct. in 365 days. So it's a festive mode all the time to do something or the other. Yeah. Uh, you celebrate global festivals, yeah. not just the festival of a country or a nation. Yeah. So... Uh, yes, uh, working across dynamics uh, makes you more resilient, mm -hmm. uh, makes you understand the culture much more better, people much more better. Mm -hmm. And uh, also from a business perspective, you learn uh, the the nuances of how to do those business yeah. uh, globally. And uh, when you are back in India here, uh, the customer is still global, 60% of my Customer is still a global traveler. So our uh, on endeavor with the higher brand standards here is now to look at uh, how do I take my global experience and give that global experience right here in Ahmedabad yeah. to be able to then people feel that, oh, wow, this is something different in this city, you know, which may not be the metro city of the, of the country, 
but still a very prominent city in of terms course. of movement Ca- and the uh, capital of india gujarat yes so when we look at uh, a lot of heads of states movement in last 5 years uh, have been via ahmedabad and we have been fortunate you know to be the host hotel to majority of them and uh, and and the place where we are sitting uh, you know uh, at your place certain prime ministers have sat and and given interviews to media so i think uh, it is a it is a great exposure and in order to sustain that i feel proud that i can deliver that global experience to those global travelers even when they come in ahmedabad they don't feel that they have come to a small town yeah so something on those lines so you've traveled across the world you've seen a lot and that, that that this is the experience that a lot of people are missing in their life and they should be looking at this podcast from and from you the point is that i want to understand what as in hospitality as in that you see india then you see abroad and to europe and other countries what is for you is the best mix of hospitality which country that you will choose or which continent that you will choose has the best hospitality when it comes to hotel specifically i think india india any day because uh, the best thing in india the hospitality is uh, engraved in the culture of our homes atithi devo bhav is the uh, is the culture that is taught uh, when your elders are there at home when your grandparents are there at home when your relatives come home you know so when you look at this entire uh, upbringing of a child unknowingly about hospitality industry uh, the culture of hospitality is the best in india uh, as you go from west to east yeah. you know the hospitality becomes a bit more a uh, uh, bit more polite and uh, far east it is much more polite than it should be that's why i believe india is a perfect mix of efficiency and uh, humbleness combined together as in business how do you see hospitality you know, from the days that you were working i think you would tell used to be two things either the lodge or the five star hotel now there is a array of accommodation that yeah. we design so today we have turns to service apartments to five star to four star three star not many type of accommodation are there how do you see hospitality what is hospitality for you in terms of entire general definition for your own brain to understand i believe the basic essence from a no categorization to the most luxurious categorization is the same there is a customer he has his needs and we are there to serve them that doesn't change in a broad spectrum of things yes. now we just add layers of luxury mm. to it whether it is in terms of the size the space that the customer gets or the refinedness of luxury that the customer gets in terms of what the customer can smell see touch feel eat senses senses so uh, you may eat um, a dosa in uh, a no star uh, restaurant and you may eat a dosa at uh, a five star hotel in breakfast uh, the difference is uh, uh, the assurance of uh, hygiene quality the difference is the assurance of the materials used the the difference is the assurance of uh, uh the degree of cooking uh in terms of so called fssai parameters yeah. 
the assurance is that the operating equipment or the plates or the cutlery and the crockery and the glassware, the environment in which you are sitting, yeah, who is sitting around you? Wow, you know, this is the important. And uh, uh, the assurance is of uh, it's a comfortable environment. You're safe. Yeah. Uh, in general, nobody's going to bother you. You might be a known personality. Uh, when you go on the road, uh, millions of people may flock you. But uh, when you are in a five-star hotel, then you know they just leave you alone to do your things. Yeah. Uh, there's a sense of privacy. Yeah. So uh, as you add layers, you know uh, things change. The the brands of the accessories that are there in your hotel change. Yeah. Uh, the the brands of toiletries that you use in the bathroom change, uh, and and that's how the grading system uh, happens. It's exactly like a jungle rule, you know. Deers live with deers and lions with lions, you know. So uh, it's not different. Yeah. So I want to hear from you a story that you would remember throughout your life. Uh, it may be a game changer for you for a personality or for the job, or probably you've learned something from it. One story that, as a entire of your career, twenty-two years, that has always been with you, and it is there with you till now. So I have many stories. I'm a. I can write a book on stories. Just sure. Actually, yeah. Uh, to say one of them, uh, I think it is all about for me. Uh, what I have learned is uh, never to look back. Okay. With the people. Uh, every step that we take, we learn uh, something, you know, irrespective of whatever you might be doing as a job description. Um, my previous job was much larger role than what I do today. Oh. And, uh, uh, but it doesn't deter me to what I do today. Right. Uh, when I was working, uh, in, and and doing some projects in in uh, north of Africa uh, or or with some brands and and we were working on it uh, to open a couple of hotels there uh, everywhere wherever I went whether it was Chicago for my foundation for future program or with my mentors in India or in the Middle East uh, the idea is never to look back you know it's always to look forward. So I met uh, one of my mentors uh, very recently, actually, in my life, uh, which is around four years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I learned out of that is take what exists and make it better. Wow. So uh, we will never find the perfect world. And my job will always be to take what is there now today as it is and how can I make it better and then when I come back to it three years later, I will again look at the same thing and how can I make it better. Yeah, it's always never ending process. You yeah. go back and work on it. So the principle or the storyline that, that I would always encourage to look at in a way to put it in words is take what exists and make it better. This is your advice for all the people who are working right now? Um, I think a mantra for life, yeah. for me. Uh, I think I think uh, this this give me the sense of I've seen a lot of people in their lives when they are some in area roles in the corporate office and they suddenly come down and sit in. I will not take names. I've done a podcast with one of the guy. He was in the area office, came back and settled as a GM. And I was asking him what happened, why, and the answer was that Prashant, 
लास्ट ईयर टू हंड्रेड एंड सिक्सटी डेज आई वॉज ट्रैवलिंग मेरी बेटी को मुझे अंकल बोलने लगती आई हैव टू टेक स्टेप इन लाइफ एंड देर आई सेट डाउन एंड रियलाइज दैट समन वॉज इन द एरिया ऑफ इस पोजिशन वेयर एस इफ ही वॉक्स इन टू आउट जनरास सर बिकॉज ही विल लुक अप टू यू बिकॉज यू आर अ एरिया ऑफिसर and then you are sitting in as a general manager position but now when you gave me this thought and this made me realize that oh no the every decision is not bad there is no perfect life you have to fix where you are or what you exactly want at that point of time correct so that's a great way to look at it. and if i would have not heard from you i would always think about you have done bad with your life because you were screwing so much why you have took this decision only because the family is there this can be sorted out but no i think that is a better way to look at yeah. so i i now that you have opened the pandora box of how the life should be what is your advice if someone is right now into this industry having 5 10 15 years of experience these are the people who are in their mid 30s or probably at yeah. something between 30 to 40s yeah. and life actually change after that because you have kid you have wife and then you have responsibilities what is your advice to those kind of people right now who are in this industry and looking to grow with it So first of all there is a very old saying and it is true all the time grass on the other side is always green yeah right and uh, it it will always uh, remain true you know so there is never a a moment that offers won't come to you or opportunities won't come to you uh every day an opportunity will knock your door when you are at that age group correct uh because talent uh quality talent is a rare commodity nowadays there's yeah, missing right now and uh the new generation of uh, you know our human society uh have access to completely different lifestyle uh using technology to be able to manage people business and enterprises so easy access to information yes uh information systems um, luxuries of life what we we used to consider a uh, luxury is now a necessity blah 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 so understanding that aspect uh if something is drastically not wrong i recommend stay where you are and take what exists and make it better I you know I have an opinion on this till the time you don't have a extreme situation in your life yeah nothing changes because you know that, that there's a situation where you're comfortably numb so right. like if I am a GM right now earning x amount of salary and I have a wife I might not like my job but I know I'm getting paid uh I might be saying okay fine this is what I got it but imagine the situation a twist the situation that you don't have wife or your job is on the line you will hunt for a job better job you can end up having a better situation for your life when you seem that someone has to push themselves to be in an extreme situation or continuing having the place where you are so it all comes from self motivation okay if you do not have a uh, desires to do better mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, then you know uh, you will be complacent and being staying where you are correct but if you have the desire to do better better for yourself better education for your child better lifestyle for your parents better lifestyle for your spouse better lifestyle for yourself for which uh, you might need a change of location uh, better weather for yourself which suits your health or uh, or some more money maybe to to fulfill those uh, uh materialistic uh, you know requirements of life 
uh, with uh, one of the guruji actually told me uh, he he has has laid a lot of uh, you know impression on my life uh, so we were in a small conversation sorry i'm digressing but no, no, related no, to that that's good and and he told me and i told him um, you know guruji uh, i'm not running after money mm-hmm. he said you're man oh he said you're man i said why are you saying so you are a guruji he said puneet god has sent you with all these skill sets that you can do lot of big things in life right and there are not many like you so if god has sent you to be doing this wherein you can afford to make a lot of money who stops you to help people who don't have that this is nobody is telling you that you know go and drink the most expensive champagne if that's not your inclination uh, nobody is telling you that every fourth month buy a new rolex you know if you have the desire to do better for the world or better for people work hard run for that money but do something better with that money yeah which many people don't do yeah i think it is it is an old saying money aggravate the real what you are inside if you're exactly. a bad person and you will do bad things with money if you're a good person you'll do good things exactly but earn money yeah exactly so uh that's why i believe that uh when we have this desire uh, of doing better so all uh, the generation which is between 30s and 45 uh we call sometimes midlife crisis mm-hmm. uh, the 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 idea is that uh, is that uh, if you are happy you know there is no point i mean i'm not saying complacent yeah happy and complacent are two completely different Com- worlds you know if you are happy and and you are being able to fulfill just take what's what is existing in your workplace in your home in your family in your relationship and make it better automatically life will give you a push but if you are not happy for whatever reasons you know there are opportunities striking your door every day yeah. right you'll see, you'll see the person not happy exactly and then once you find that and you are happy go there take is what is existing and make that better yeah it made it really simple look like so i think i think one thing that i would look at so when we're talking about happy happiness and non happiness of of a person uh let's come back to this industry do you think that there is there is still lot of problem in this industry number one if you say yes what are the problems that you have faced throughout i'm not talking about the small little problem that we go through i'm calling a small risk big for all the chiefs that every day have to come and face lot of things what are the bigger problem and the bigger structure of life when you look at hospitality being general manager of hotel or the area office what are the current demanding problems right now which is persist in hospitality what 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 is your thought on i think there is one major issue in hospitality now is the talent why it is because uh, this is the common so, answer that yeah, getting yeah now i would lay two emphasis to it one is the industry perspective of it mm-hmm. and one is the education perspective of it of late myself have been invited by around seven or nine colleges in india to give a guest lecture on a topic to the students of the final year that after graduating why they should join the industry of hotels and hospitality 
and not branch out to any other industry. Like airlines and hospitality, other 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 aspect of hospitality. Yeah. This is still hospitality. Yeah, but maybe something else as well. Okay. So how when we look at that, like real estate or retail yeah. or oh. shopping malls or what, how do you contain a hospitality educated person into hotels yeah. or aviation or hospitality yeah. core industry? Yeah. Uh, is is the biggest challenge, and that's where we believe that uh, we did not do this. I mean, I'm general manager for now 15 years. Uh, we did not do this uh, 15 years ago. Yeah, you know that going to colleges and telling people that join hotels. But that was right. Need was not there. Need was not, there. and we didn't realize it. Yeah, and we realized it after the water reached here. Yeah, because we 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 were in the so anticipation of the growth and the. diversity of so many of our colleagues our super seniors from college already diversifying yeah. was an alarm enough at that point of time to look at education yeah. and students and what they are doing how they are graduating their hotel school that is one segment of the conversation the second segment of the conversation is uh, so called zero based manning in hotels correct mm-hmm. so the talent development section uh the rigorousness of training managers the rigorousness of uh, uh, talent development managers uh their role into the industry uh was very significant uh, 20 years ago yeah uh, into shaping the future of the younger generations and then building them and i am a product of those training managers who made me what i am today yeah but unfortunately somewhere in last 10 years we lost that battle of focusing on learning development training talent development as a subject in our industry because commercially we were doing so well and so one side education and other industries coming up into the into the economic scenario of hospitality professional diversifying zero based manning and payroll Yeah, payroll is so now. Uh, if a person graduates and he he's a, a hospitality graduate is considered to be a complete professional among all streams in terms of great in speaking, great in etiquettes, great in manners, uh, has the ability to uh, deal with people. Uh, you know, public science, all of that is great. So the hospitality graduates get phenomenal offers uh, across uh, various parts of the globe doing multiple jobs. Correct. Okay. and uh, and and that when the when the world exploded with all this opportunities where the hospitality professionals started to fit in uh they paid them really really well to what the hospitality is today paying and that was one of the other reasons of competitiveness but yes we are in business of hospitality our payroll is directly proportional to the rate that we charge a customer so uh, the proportion at which the industry of non hospitality grew to give jobs to hospitality professionals similarly the number of hotels also mushroomed up yeah. into various parts of the country and globe uh, and the demand was very high uh, for for hospitality professionals but the customers did not grow at that pace mm-hmm. so the city occupancies became stagnant at 60 70% average rates got stagnant at 80 to $150 and and that's where you we felt that you can only pay a particular percentage of what you earn between 80 to 150 dollars average room rate in the country to be able to pay your 
uh, star. And yes, that is the reality. But this doesn't deter anything. I, I believe that uh, these are not the problems. These are the situations. Yeah. And uh, we are the people who have been hired to take what exists and make that's, it better. That's the best slide that you know. So I'll give you two, three things that I think about this. One is that we have great audience here in India. And these talents have been taken by other people because they know the real value of this talent. So you go to Middle East, you will find any hotel there with a lot of Indians are already working there because they yeah. pay good, yeah. they take care of you. When it comes to India, we have started doing it now. Five-day yeah. working, yeah. giving you better internship, yeah. better salary. All of this is now happening. I believe there is one more reason that we should be looking at. So when it came to IT, it was not going by Indian government first. Infosys grew. And then suddenly government realized, Are, ye, IT ki kuch banani padegi. Now, after so many years of independence, we are going out and data production law pe hum bill pass kar rahe After so many years. Jab Infosys and TCS itna bada And then there was entire Silicon Valley here, Bangalore. India has lacked a lot of entrepreneurs who are from hospitality. Hmm. So these were the people who were landman who had a lot of money, they made the hotel and these companies like Marriott hired and all of them came and started running those hotels. There was less of Indian entrepreneurs from hospitality background who came out. Yeah. So I will tell you my existence in hospitality is only because of one guy, Mr. Ravi Sharoop. He is an ex-Obroy OCRD. He started OCC. He started the Management for Obroy. He came out, started his venture called as Traxi Services where he started in center reservations from the brands like Leela, like Lemetry, like ITC. And then I joined him. I was someone who never knew what is continental plan, what is room tariff, what is MAP, what is CP. I have no clue. She trained me for almost two and a half years. And the first job that I got into it. And also it is about the exposure. You rightly said earlier there was something else about hospitality. Today hospitality is different. My exposure to hospitality was someone left the job of lakhs of rupees. I don't know how many, but it was a big amount of money that you raised. He was senior vice president Oprah. And he came out and done a business where he was uh, awake with us till 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. We were building the software for him. And suddenly I realized this industry has gave this guy so much confidence. He left risk a business. And this business is making crores for him. And suddenly... I realized that he has the entire floor in Vitaka Business Center, who's critique some McKinsey office, and someone can do this in this industry. This was my exposure. And here I am running a business, successfully making a lot of money, better than what I was doing in my job. And then there are other people who came out in the industry and they were pushed to do 14 hours, 15 hours of internship. Picking up the baggage. I, th I know this is a part of this industry and you have to go through it. But I think the people and the leaders who are at your position and people and leaders who are outside the country, different location are treating people. They should be looking at these are the futures and we need to treat them right so that they can understand the essence of hospitality that what it was earlier should not be right. And there are very less amount of people at the age of 30 and 40 that that is my target people, target audience where I'm going to talk to them that what you have seen should not be the future that other generation should see. And you said it right that this is on us now. And my initiative was this, that I want to bring all of these kind of leaders and make them talk so that people can hear. 
and change a lot of mentality out there. So everything will change once we change our mind, our mentality, our mindset about this industry. So uh, on to this, I will ask you one more question. What do you think is a time frame that we are looking at this entire industry will become an industry quite a good for all of us? Because right now I don't see it blooming. It is as an industry hotels, hospitality is growing. But as an entrepreneur, as a business, this is not. What do you think it re requires for us to look at this as a uh, bunch of people coming out and doing new stuff in this industry? So now, as you see a state called Rajasthan, mm -hmm. uh, the government uh, has already announced that they will qualify hotels under an industry hospitality industry yeah. and give it a status of industry. Yeah. This has been a long-drawn fight between uh, various administrations, hospitality owners, uh, because the moment you qualify hotels and its assets as industry, you get a lot of industry-related benefit. Yeah. In order to run that uh, asset as a uh, as a, any other manufacturing unit or any other uh, entrepreneurial idea that is qualified under industry. So those industry benefits related to uh, taxation or loans or norms or permissions or single window clearances, there we are a developing nation. When we call ourselves a developing nation, I never think or talk about problems because we are making solutions yeah. as we are growing. Last 10 years, this is what I have done, made solutions and those solutions have made those systems and processes better and now they are running on their own and there are younger generation people who are maintaining it. Yeah. But the job of ours is that when we look at this as an industry, uh, as each step will pass by, you know, each year will pass by, as you just mentioned about the IT policy, it took us whatever 20, 25 years to make that policy. We are a very large nation, you know. Uh, one Dubai is not even Andheri, you know, in Mumbai. No, no. So, you are in I'm standing in an election. Yeah. There are a handful of people. Exactly. So, when we compare ourselves to uh, developed cities, whether it is Dubai or whether it is Doha, or whether it is Singapore, this is a very small, uh, you know, uh, geographical area, very small population. But when we talk about India, you know, it's a mammoth nation. So we are on a very fast trajectory to to reach to the moon, almost in a few 20 days maybe. <laughs> but but still, what I'm trying to say is that uh, we are a part of the development process, yeah. you know. So uh, the moment uh, we will reach this policy of hospitality industry getting qualified as an industry, uh, the industrialists, who are established into manufacturing big names. I don't want to take names here, but big names. Uh, one of them is already running a Taj Hotels. Yes, of course. But then there are many other industrialists who would venture into this as an industry. Of course. Uh, it is a great uh, business. Uh, EBITDA are phenomenal. But it is a people-heavy 
industry. Yes. Your prime cost is people. Your product is people. And the process through which you need to achieve this is people. So I believe from an employment generation perspective, for any government to look at, uh, hospitality is the most uh, entrepreneurial industry. Whether you open a small hotel of 10 rooms, you will still employ people to manage it. Yeah, you will not do it alone. Yeah. You might open your own shop, which you will manage with you and your family. But if you open a hotel of 10 rooms, you need people to manage yeah, it. Of course. You need licenses. You need So you have employed a plethora of unemployed people or agencies or third party to ensure that that business runs successfully. I said in one of prompt podcasts, this is the most humane industry. Exactly. Exactly. Without people, you can't run it. Exactly. You're right. I think uh, this will give a lot of employment to the people. Yeah. Again, the problem is we are missing on people who want to come in this industry. Uh, no, we are not missing on people who want to come to the industry. We are, uh, we need to go back into the education system. Industry needs to go back into the education system to encourage people and tell them the positive things about this industry. I always say to young students, those who are getting into apprenticeship programs, you know, uh, why do we work? In Hindi, there's a saying, uh, roti kapra makan, yeah. right? And hotel, the moment you get into a job, a small job, right? The moment you get into a job that you have to come for eight hours and do X, Y, Z in a hotel, your roti kapra makan is already taken care of. Yes. The basic no industry, no industry, I'm talking about large industries, they have people like us do institutional caterings there, yeah. right? They do institutional caterings. I have gone to various uh, technology, uh, TV manufacturing, refrigeration manufacturing companies uh, and uh, been a part of an advisory committee to look at uh, what kind of institutional catering is happening there, what kind of menu planning is there, how they are serving 30,000, 40,000 employees every day uh, to cater. But I look at the life of those employees yeah. in cubicles and in manufacturing plants, on manufacturing rails where the cars are being manufactured. And when you look at a life of a human in a hospitality industry, it's far, far better. Now, the kind of exposure, you know, a person like me or any one of my colleagues gets so I said in the initial uh, start of my podcast that we have, uh, whether it was uh, the president of United States to the president of Japan, to the president of China, to the prime minister of France, to the prime minister uh, of uh, Canada, um, we have been able to, or the UK prime minister, uh, we have had one-on-one -on -one interaction like I'm having it with you with them. How many people get this opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And these are the celebrity names. Yeah. There are a lot of successful entrepreneurs, businessmen, around 300 of them who come in our door and go out of our door every day. And we get an opportunity to talk to them on a daily basis and get inspired. We get to hear about what is new coming in in technology. We get to hear about uh, what is new coming in business. What are the new regulations about to come? How does the bureaucracy work? 
how does the government function how does the intermediaries between government and industry function how does charity happen how does ngos work so all facets of life whether it is retail whether it is real estate whether it is luxury or even whether it is charity the amount of technology we see growing in pharmaceutical world i see live robotic surgeries happening in 150 200 300 500 doctors sitting and watching that in my ballroom so to be looking at various award events you know those successful people coming in and receiving awards and and we getting an opportunity to talk to those successful people i think this is a this is a you know um a library of information of hotel you know the amount of information and knowledge that we can gain just by talking with successful uh people in various facets of life only you can do it in a hotel no other, no other place i will go into a mundane monotonous job and i'll come back to home agree to you. you know but the diversity of information that goes in our head and we are able to take life decision the conversations that we are able to have because of this diversified knowledge coming every day to us and the relationships we make our our business is all about relationships so uh, you know uh, we talk to three people those three people talk to another three people hey go and meet puneet he'll look after you at the hyatt regency in ahmedabad and then you know three people will come and those i will look after and then it is a chain of people so 60% of my customers are repeat customers yeah they you will have 2000 people knowing you by the end of your career exactly and this doesn't happen so i think you you have rightly said that there are a handful of people who have seen this industry in the way that you are telling right now and the education is not there that people should talk good about this industry i think uh, we need more people we need more ideas and i remember this ad which i have seen when i was young and that is because i went out and did an exam of nda it was join army and there was no one who was trying to join army because kon goli khali jayega sir and then government came in and then there was a ad that i remember someone said that on the first day of my joining i had got got a car from my company and the car was a tank and it was very fascinating to look at that they are actually doing the right thing mm-hmm. that you become officer you know how to drink you know how to eat you know how to talk to a woman you know how to take care of things and it is all proud that they have shown i think such addition such interference from the government is also required mm-hmm. because as you said this is a big nation yeah. if i talk to you in english probably half of the population of india will not know what we are talking because they might know i'm a gali they might know telugu but we need all of the india to get educated this industry that the exact line that you said there is no other industry like this ever formed in the history and i'm old saying and i will still repeat this in podcast that the oldest business of the world is hotel and prostitution they have never gone away from our life till today and it will always be there because this is not driven by technology this is driven by people and we need people around us so we land this podcast with one line and i want you to answer this for me what should we change to make sure that we should not talk about this in future that we are missing people around us i give the same answer take what exists and make it better thank you so much for it it was a great interactive session i have learned a lot and there was life changing lies that you gave it to me and uh, this is this is from my side i live life on few things aapko jab yaad hoga purane time pe dohe aate the do line pe puri zindagi batate the and there there has been lot of doha that you have given in this podcast i think people will like it and should 
learn from this podcast thank you so much for your time you're more than welcome you are watching biggest hospitality podcast by a hotelier stay tuned follow us for more